a lot of clients when they first start out, they want to build a product that has everything. And a lot of times, if you don't go and test individual features with users, you sometimes don't know whether how valuable they actually are. Welcome to the Majestic Apps Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Jade Ng, a senior user experience designer at Majestic Apps, about the journey from product idea to full design. We walk through the entire product design stage from kickoff to discovery, user research, prototyping, full design, and more. Hey there, Jade, and thank you for joining today. Excited to dive in today on the topic of the journey from product idea to full design. And really quickly for everyone out there, can you kind of give an overview of who you are and what your role is at Majestic? Sure. My name is Jade Ng. I'm a senior UX designer with Majestic, and I've been with the company for about five years. That's great. And so let's start off with the high level of the question is, if you could maybe give us the high level overview of what does that journey from product idea to a full design, what does that actually look like? Can you kind of walk us through at a high level? Sure. So typically when a client comes to us with a design, we'll start off with the discovery phase. That's where we do all of our research. And then after researching, we go into product planning and really thinking about the shape of the product. After that, we move into a wireframing stage where we outline what your product will look like and create initial blueprint. And then lastly, we have a design phase where we apply visual design to those wireframes and create a complete package that gets handed off to development. Okay, that's great. And I'm curious, you know, maybe at a starting point, what is the typical time frame of each of those different phases? How long? I imagine it varies project to project, but what is the rough time frame there? I would say each phase usually takes about four to six weeks. And of course, that could vary quite a bit depending on each project and what their needs are. Perfect. And so if we look at the discovery phase, can you maybe elaborate a bit more on what all exactly happens within discovery? So within Discovery, we typically start off with a kickoff meeting and stakeholder interviews. And then we have a large section where we do user research. And the user research usually includes a survey portion, user interviews, and creating personas. Next, we move on to a bit of research, product research, which would include competitive analysis and comparative analysis. And lastly, there's a piece for technical research. Once we have all of that research done, we move into planning your product, looking at what features it's going to have, building the information architecture and a site map, defining flows, and building a roadmap for your product. Okay, that is great. And so I want to dive into each of those points even a bit further. And so if we look at the, the kickoff kind of stakeholder meeting, what is typically happening during the, the kickoff meeting? What makes for a successful meeting and, and what are you trying to accomplish there? This is where we get both of our teams together to learn about your project vision, your objectives and challenges. This might be where we talk about some features you're imagining, what uh, type of needs it might fulfill and learn more about the users that will be on your product and what do you know about the market so far. Okay. And then going into the various stages of research, I guess, can you share a bit more when you talk about user research? I think a lot of people don't always know exactly what that means or the purpose or 
what that even entails. Can you maybe dive a bit more into explaining user research? User research is about studying the goals, uh, needs, and capabilities about the people who might be using your product. We want to know who they are, what they're trying to achieve, and what they think about certain tasks related to what your product is doing. Understanding these things help us guide how we design the product and figure out an optimal way to benefit your users. Okay. And what are the, some of the typical methods that you guys are using on this? I know there's surveys, interviews, or just different types of methods, but how do you guys actually go about conducting that? A survey is typically a form that we build for people to answer online. These are pretty short and anonymous, so it's a really quick and easy way to get data about potential users. Once the survey is complete, we go and analyze that data and create visualizations. So all that information is shown in a presentable and easy to understand format. With user interviews, we typically ask for volunteers from the user surveys and we get people to speak one-on-one with us. This lets us really get intimate with the users. We can get feedback on their habits, needs, and frustrations related to whatever problem your product is trying to solve. Lastly, we spoke about personas. This is how we synthesize all the information we learn from surveys and interviews. We create a type of archetype of a user, and then we show what their goals and characteristics are as those represent the needs of a larger group of people. These are usually represented in a one-page description, and we reference that as we consider the question of who are we designing for and what are their needs. And when you talk about, I guess, product research and competitive research, what does that phase typically look like? So with product research, we're usually doing some competitive analysis. So looking at the direct competitors and then also comparative analysis. For comparative, we're looking more into indirect competitors, which might only have a small portion of features similar to what you're building. This might be useful, for example, if I was building, if my client was a hotel and we're building a booking website for clients to book a room, we might also look at other websites that do booking, such as Expedia or for beauty appointments to look at what type of experiences they're providing and what type of best practices we can take from them. Perfect. And then whenever we look at technical research, what exactly does that mean and what does that entail? That's where we look at third-party integrations. If that's something your product is planning to use, we source and compare these integrations to see which is the best fit based on comparing the features that they offer and their pricing. Okay. So can you maybe share some examples of that? Would that be if you're pulling in an external appointment widget into an app or kind of a, can you maybe just yeah, provide some examples there? That might be a booking system that somebody else has created and pulling into your product. It might also be something like if you want to add a form to your product and you don't want to build it from scratch, there are a lot of integrations out there that can help you bring that into your product a lot more easily than having us design every little piece of it from scratch. Great. And whenever we look to the product planning side of things, you mentioned kind of a feature set or content breakdown there. What exactly all does that stage entail? The feature set basically documents all the specifications for your product. And that becomes a reference document for both the product team and the client team. And this makes it easy for everyone to discuss what's being built. This is usually visualized into a matrix so we can see everything at a glance. And when we go to build this, we also take each feature and consider 
whether it should be prioritized for the MVP or if it should be scheduled as a later version update. On the content side, we try to collect every piece of content that your product will include so we can have it all defined and organized and ready for when we move into wireframing. Okay, so that makes sense. So this feature set is essentially kind of a wish list, basically, and then it's just letting you guys prioritize which features are going to be built and created first is kind of, is that accurate way of kind of looking at it? Exactly. Okay, perfect. And then when you talk, I guess, about the content breakdown, I guess that also kind of fits in with the sitemap. So what does it look like in terms of a sitemap for an application? For the sitemap portion, we use your MVP feature set and content breakdown, and we build that into, we basically organize and categorize everything and build it into a sitemap, which will visually define the structure of your product. So our goal here is to organize everything in a way that makes it easy for users to complete their tasks and find things. This is especially important if you're building something complex with several layers, such as an e-commerce site where a user might have to click several layers down to find what they're looking for. Okay, that makes sense. And then how does the sitemap then fit in with user flows? Where, Where does that fit into it? So user flows are a bit more specific. There are diagrams that show the path and decisions a user might take when using a product. Visualizing this process lets us evaluate ways to optimize the user experience before we put more time into actually wireframing out what the screens will look like. One question I know I feel that some people have is um, maybe that aren't in the world of UX. They're like, is all this necessary? Can we just go and dive in and start building quicker? and I guess, what is your take on just the value of doing all this kind of front-end work on the user research, user flows, and all these different pieces here? I would say these are all important steps for identifying an MVP, which is a minimum viable product. The point of us creating an MVP is to get an initial usable version of your product in front of your audience. That way, we can start testing and validating assumptions. A lot of times, if you go ahead and build what you imagine as the perfect product for users, it becomes bloated and has a lot of unvalidated features that we might assume users might need and they don't need. So sometimes that might lead to bloated or just ineffective products. And so now moving on to, I guess that covers the discovery phase here. We're moving on now into the wireframing phase. And so what exactly is wireframing? Can you kind of share that? I would call a wireframe something like an initial blueprint for your product. This is where we design your product in low fidelity and elements are represented by simple like blocks and line shapes. Sometimes we even just start with sketching to ideate and consider different layouts. This is a very bare bones style that lets us evaluate each page, how we set up content on that page, interactions between pages and flows. And we can consider all these things before diving into the visual side, which would lead to another whole set of considerations. Okay. And then I guess, um, how does prototyping differ from wireframing? Or can you kind of share more what prototyping is? Prototyping is actually part of sometimes the wireframing or design phase. That's where we connect all of our screens, make it seem like a working app where people can actually click around and test how certain tasks might be completed. This is a quick way for us to build something out and test the interface early in the process and validate assumptions, as I mentioned earlier, before we invest more work into something that might not even be a great idea. 
Any other thoughts just kind of on the wireframing and prototyping phase or the value of these specific phases in the, the entire process? Overall, the reason we break down our process into these little steps is really so we can review each step and validate our assumptions before moving on. And with the wireframing and prototyping, are you actually putting that in front of users at any point to test before you build out or, or what else kind of happens in these phases? For wireframing, we go through a lot of rounds and it goes between the us and the client. So typically we'll do some wireframing, share it with the client, share a set of screens with the client and get feedback on them. And then we'll iterate based on that. Certain times within the wireframing phase, we'll also create quick prototypes, sometimes share them with different colleagues that aren't on the project. And then we'll ask them to either try to complete a task or ask them what they might do at a certain page to uh, make sure things are working correctly. Okay, that makes sense. And now looking at the final phase here on the design phase, can you kind of, I guess, explain yeah, what is a design kickoff? What does that look like? Design kickoff is an initial meeting where we really want to learn about what your thoughts for the design are. We'll have a set of questions we ask you that range from what type of colors you want to see in the design to what type of feelings you want your product to evoke. We might even ask you about your favorite brands and what you like about them or what you would want, what brands you would want your final design to look similar to. And then we talk, I guess, about the styling options. What, what all do you mean by that there? So based on the, your kickoff feedback, we'll either create mood boards or take one or two of your product screens to create mock-ups. So we'll usually work through a few rounds here to create the final style that you like before we go and apply that to the rest of your product. And then I guess once you've got those done, it comes down to just diving into the design. Anything special that happens at this phase or is this really where you guys kind of take everything that you've done so far and just put it into the actual finished production? The design phase is pretty straightforward. Once we have the final design that you like, we take the set of wireframes that we created and then we'll apply your design to that. Actually, before we go and apply the design, we create a design system where we define the different types of fonts, elements, icons, and imagery that's going to be on, used on your site. And then we'll make sure that looks consistent across the whole product. Once we apply the design to your product, we'll go through a few rounds of getting feedback from the client and then have a final package at the end that's handed off to development with annotations. I've heard some of design of what kind of people talking about design system, but if I understand that correctly, it's kind of like a brand guidelines, but it's for an app and how this is how drop downs will look, or this is how a new kind of module. Look. Can you can you maybe kind of clarify exactly more what a design system is for anybody who may not know? Yeah, so it is a type of guideline that breaks down, for example, of headlines, what style and size font will you be using for those? And then body fonts, maybe other fonts for certain things like labels. And then we'll also build out elements such as all the form fields, different states for all those form fields. And if your uh, product uses cards to show things, we'll also design all those cards. And that way, when we go and apply the design to all the different pages, we have a system to make it look consistent throughout the full product. Makes sense. And I'm curious, do these design styles, do they basically are they just kind of the design files or are they also like CSS that the development team actually uses on a regular basis to kind of actually implement those? Currently for us, it's just on the design side. But as we're developing how we create these design systems, we are hoping to 
have development include code for the elements that we build. That's great. And what would you say makes for a successful client going through this journey? Like what, where can they lead things astray and what makes for a client that goes through this whole journey really, really successfully? I would say one of the most challenging parts is to understand what a MVP is and why it's important. I think a lot of clients, when they first start out, they want to build a product that has everything. And a lot of times, if you don't go and test individual features with users, you sometimes don't know how valuable they actually are. Awesome. Well, then um, I think that should be good for the core recording of everything here. So this was phenomenal. Thank you. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to learn more and see all the visuals related to this episode, head over to MajesticApps.com.